0: You're tuned in to this week's edition of Socially Athletic with your host, Connor Creeden. Connor and the guests look to discuss the various aspects of sports media in Division 3 athletics. As a D3 athlete, he's watched live sports broadcasting and social media play a huge role in creating a better fan and athlete experience. Welcome to Socially Athletic. Hello and welcome everyone to the first official, I guess you could call it a pilot episode of Socially Athletic, the sports media podcast and I am of course as introed by my good friend and teammate Chris Doncero, Connor Creed and your host for this podcast and I will say right off the bat I'm very much looking forward to this experience and I honestly feel like the topic I have here interests me for surely and I do think um it does have an impact in Division three athletics, but also the main thing that I'll be focusing on is the impact that it has on collegiate athletics as a whole in the NCAA, which I think is something that is definitely changing and growing. And at least that's what I've uh, seen in the last few years since I've been an athlete here and experienced certain things in the sports communications major that I've been working on. It's definitely been an experience that I've seen lots of different things happen. I've had great opportunities to work with professionals in the sports field and see some of these events that are put on live and how things happen behind the scenes, which I think is honestly an underrated part of what sports information directors do at the collegiate level nationwide. But also if you look at a Division three institution, the budget for sports information and things like that is not necessarily typically you know the most astounding thing and a lot of times these small offices have to work with what they have get creative and do the things that they need to do in order to compete with some of these larger division 1 division 2 and even larger division 3 institutions that have the capabilities that maybe some others don't with that being said my plans for the future with this podcast include talking to various uh, sports information directors that I've made connections with over the course of my time here as well as student athletes and a special mix of student at some of them are student athletes and some of them are students working in the mass communications department, but some students here, including myself have had a special opportunity to work alongside the sports information directors here at Piedmont university and really get an actual hands-on experience of what the in game operations look like from start to finish. And again, we're talking about division three sports. You might think, Oh, a division three basketball game, how hard could it be? But at the end of the day, the, increased quality that I've seen just in the short two to three year period that I've been really keeping my eyes on it. It is incredible to see the amount of work that goes on and for here at Piedmont University, I will say with a department of three that they have officially working here on staff and an army of student workers who are all ready to help out, learn new things and experience stuff that maybe they wouldn't get at a larger institution, it really is a great thing to see. So now, I mean, I'll give you guys a little bit of background on myself personally in um, my involvement with Piedmont as a whole, basically in high school, I loved doing sports, and I really enjoyed basketball. Mostly, I've I've always loved basketball, and in the future, it is something that I'd like to maybe cover in a variety of you know ways that MassCom presents. But regardless, it was uh, basketball was of course my first love as a sport. I really enjoyed everything about the game, um, and that includes more than just playing it, of course. But I also ended up doing track during the off-season just as a way to continue to stay in shape, have some fun. I had done some running in, um, I guess, elementary school, where it was my first introduction to running. And, I I mean, it's something that I did find enjoyable. But at the end of the day, I was just trying to stay fit for track and keep my body busy and also, you know, myself busy because most of the times, personally, just focusing on school is something that kind of gets overwhelming. And it does – sports, of course, as many people may agree – apply uh, or allow for some sort of outlet where you know you can get out and have some fun and do some stuff that takes a lot of the stress away. But regardless, I from that moment on, I, I really enjoyed running. I did track, and then, of course, next season I liked it so much I joined the cross-country team and kept doing basketball as well. And overall, I mean, that's where my uh, loving for sports kind of developed. And once it came down to, hey, college is right around the corner, I was lucky enough where – My track performances had at least caught the eyes of a few schools, and I'll be honest, I never really had necessarily a plan of doing any sports in college or really had any idea what I was going to do in college at all. But I did end up being fortunate enough to get a few uh, offers and opportunities, and of course, I settled on Piedmont. Now, naturally, here I am four years later, and I still love every moment of it from the team aspect to the school aspect. But one of the biggest draws for Piedmont was, yes, I knew it was very small, especially when I came on the visit, but at the same time, I looked at that as a blessing in disguise and honestly, not even in disguise. It is relatively wide open out there to see that. But at the same time, I came here toward this mass communications department and realized, you know, the teachers are going to know my name. I'm going to have relationships with them. I'll be able to ask questions, get involved in whatever way is possible. Um, and that goes the same for the student body as well, where I can have a. I basically have a, you know, a group of friends in every class that we all have the same goals and trying to get some stuff done and make some stuff happen, um, which is of course productive for everybody involved. Uh, the bottom line is, when I came to Piedmont, I wasn't necessarily sure about what I wanted to do coming into it when it comes to a major, and I know Piedmont now is one of the few schools in Georgia that offers a sp- uh, sports communications program. Which when I saw that, I thought, wow, okay. I mean, I know I can talk about sports, and, you know, I love sports in general, and I also like talking, if I'm being honest, but um, at the end of the day, I figured, wow, this is a great opportunity where I can come here and continue to do a sport that I really enjoy, as well as have a class experience similar to high school, where I feel like I can succeed when I don't have, you know, a million people in a giant auditorium. I have maybe 10 to 15 students in my class with me, and we're all able to kind of lock in, have a relationship with that teacher, as I mentioned before. And that was really what made the difference for me. Now, fast forward a little bit. I'm here, and obviously the running is going very well. I'm in my preliminary mass com and then just general education classes as well as part of uh, the liberal arts education. And I will say I was genuinely enjoying it. School is always something that, you know, it wasn't my favorite, but I knew if I wanted to really, you know, if I'm being honest, if I wanted to make some big bucks in the future I knew I had to get a college degree or you know it would naturally be a little probably more of a difficult path. So of course I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be here, but it was really once I started getting into my major specific sports communications classes where I really said, Man, this stuff is awesome because again, for me it works perfectly. I get to use various forms of media. I've done radio classes, video classes, and here I am doing a podcast now. But regardless, the experience you get with A lot of this um, hands-on activity here at Piedmont is what really sparked my interest even further. Now, one of the best things that I had come out of that interest was the opportunity to be able to work alongside Danielle Percival, who is the head of the sports information office here at Piedmont University, and she does a fantastic job of covering all of the aspects of Piedmont sports here. I did mention that it's her and two other gentlemen that do a fantastic job, all of them together, and it's incredible to see how an office of three can make so many things happen where you look at the social media presence specifically, which these days is what everybody you know does look at. They want to see, oh, wow, look at the pictures and look at the stats that are being shared. And my family can tune in from anywhere to see this information. All they have to do is go to a Twitter or an Instagram account. And it's fantastic. And like I mentioned, I was very lucky to be able to have that opportunity to work alongside Danielle Percival in one of the internship classes here offered by Mr. Dale Van Canfort, And that opportunity in itself was something that really kind of drove home for me. This is exactly what I wanted to do. And one of the most important parts of working alongside Danielle Percival and her staff is the fact that you sit there and you are a vital part of making that game happen. And the positions really range from, Anywhere, like let's say, for example, a bas- basketball or a volleyball game where you have the table on the side and there's a staff of workers at that table. You could obviously sit there, do the shot clock, and things like that. More like, you know, functionality for the game to actually happen. Now, one of the more uh, calling things for me was the fact that there was also an opportunity to be able to help live stream the games itself. And that involves a cameraman, you know, two broadcasters who are. Live commentating on the game you see, and of course, this is all streamed to YouTube where fans legitimately nationwide or further can tune in if they want to Now, most of the time, I'm assuming that it is mostly friends, family, you know stuff like that who are tuning in who maybe can't be at that game, but at the same time, that's a I would hear lots of people on campus who maybe are working in the library and can't make it to that Wednesday night game. they'd be checking out that stream, and it really reached further than I could have honestly ever imagined. The other cool aspect of that is, of course, there's also photography and things of that nature, and one of the coolest things about all of this is that it all goes on social media. At least I know with Piedmont and mostly all, at this point, um, institutions with sports teams all have social media for the various sports teams, and then, of course, an overlying social media that is basically in charge of the entire sports and athletic programs as a whole at the university. Now, for Piedmont... It was really cool because the pictures, you'd see yourself with these pictures that you took of those games and they'd be next day posted on social media with a score update and as well as a link to where you can even watch the recorded live stream and catch up on everything you might have missed. And the coolest thing about this, honestly, is the fact that this legitimately solidifies all the effort that you're doing as an athlete, as a student, and of course as somebody who's there working and trying to improve the um, capabilities of that sports information office, it all really is so relevant to what is going on in the world today. I mean, if I get on Twitter in my own personal account, my Twitter is legitimately mostly all NBA, collegiate basketball. It's a lot of basketball, I will be honest. But at the same time, every team, every sport is constantly getting updated on social media. All the information flows through social media more than it ever has in today's world and to see that be able to happen at a Division Three institution where you honestly look at it and say, "Wow, there are three employees in this office yet all of this amazing stuff is being done, and it honestly competes with that of a Division One and Division Two institutions that most likely have larger sports information offices in a larger budget budget, as I mentioned earlier and that it it I really did uh develop a new appreciation for that, and it was something that was honestly fascinating because As COVID-19 occurred and things continued to obviously be where fans weren't necessarily able to be at games, attendance was, like I said, pretty much zero, there had to be a way for Piedmont specifically to adjust. And what I noticed was the fact that that's when they went to this live stream capability. Now, the best thing about it is once they got all the things they needed to make that happen, why stop? Which is where it, again, enhances the entire sports experience for fans at home, but also I will say from a personal experience, as an athlete as well, because you know that that's all going on. You're getting, you know, your sports are being video recorded and broadcasted to all your loved ones, but at the same time, you're getting that credit and recognition that, I mean, all athletes look for. If they're doing a good job, they want people to know about it. And to be honest, that will happen at any level. I can definitely speak for that here at the Division three level. And especially for me as a track and field athlete, if we don't have a track here at Piedmont, which we don't necessarily do, so we don't host meets. All of our events are off campus in a way where a lot of times maybe a few family members will show up, um, but it's not like anybody from Piedmont's going to be traveling across different state lines to just come see a track meet all day. The constant social media up updates about all the stuff that's going on is something really cool where fans can still be engaged and students and your friends. You know, can come up and say, oh, hey, great job the other day. You know, they you know, they saw that on social media, which is something that I think is super cool because it enhances, like I've been saying, the entire experience from the ground up. I just mentioned COVID-19 and how that influenced the live sports broadcasting experience that at least at Piedmont and I'm sure Division three schools across the nation were maybe not as up to date with if you compare them to Division one, which a lot of those events are probably being broadcasted on national television. Through the research I've done and honestly the experience that I've had just watching from the sidelines and being involved with it as well, like I mentioned earlier, the growth of this live stream sports experience was not necessarily as intense in the way that it could be built as you might think. When I first realized, oh wow, Piedmont is live streaming the events and the games, I mean, it kind of sounds like that'd be a giant ordeal. And by I'm not saying it's an easy task by any means, But it's incredible how manageable it really can be with the proper equipment. When I was working with Daniel Percival in that department, a lot of times I would come up there, and I'm sure some of you Piedmont listeners know Brett Loftus, who is, at this point, I mean, he's pretty famous around here at Piedmont, but he uh, was a great sports broadcaster, and he still is. I think he's out there working in, um, in the Dakotas, one of the Dakotas, I believe. But he would be working the games a lot, pretty much all of them. And I come up there, you know, get on the video camera, and if we're talking about volleyball or basketball, I'm mostly just panning back and forth, following the action and seeing what's going on there. But as I'm standing there, I see, okay, we have a standard camcorder camera recording in 4K or whatever it may be. But you have a few connections to a broadcast box, which is then plugged into a computer. And with the right software, you're essentially up and running which I thought was one of the most fascinating things of all time. You have a soundboard, a computer, a little box you plug the camera into, and essentially you can broadcast for however long you want to with all the proper equipment sitting right there. And I'm thinking, man, this investment is so crucial because, like I said, ever since COVID-19, they've continued to broadcast and livestream these games because it is so important to fans at home. And, again, once you bring this experience out in the open, it's going to have to stay there because that's what the people love and come to know at a certain point. And what really ties all of that in together is the fact that before each sporting event that Piedmont would put on, there's a post out on Twitter and a post out on Instagram highlighting, oh, here's the game, here's where it's being played, who is Piedmont playing, and also a link to the live stream broadcast where you can click in and be ready to watch as soon as the game starts, catch all the live action. And what's incredible is that this is made so possible because, yes, the broadcast for at least Piedmont is being is happening on YouTube and being live-streamed on YouTube. But you connect a link to social media, and from there, I mean, the opportunities are legitimately limitless. Somebody scrolling down their feed sees, oh, wow, look, Piedmont Basketball. I had no idea they were having a game. Thank goodness they posted something on social media. And here's a link where I can click to go watch the live broadcast right now from the comfort of my own home, maybe in a different state, or if the game's happening right now, I don't know how I'm going to make it in time to see it live. Regardless, though, I think this is one of the most interesting and fascinating things because this is something where, for the most part, Division I and Divisions II schools across the nation have somewhat had these capabilities. I mean, obviously, Division I is its own monster. If you talk about football, basketball, I mean, that is the big-time, real-deal stuff that's being broadcasted on national television. And you go to Division II, and again, we're talking about a high-level competition here with most likely a larger sports information department than three to four staff members and this is stuff that's already been apparent for them for years to come at this point according to the research that I've done now for division 3 for it to happen so easily and for this update to take to springboard the level of experience that fans and athletes like I've mentioned it really does allow for just a higher level of experience overall which really makes a difference when it comes to the athletes and fans who have been here for a few years, as well as recruiting, which is another large, important thing that helps college athletics continue to grow. The playing field is much closer to being level on a wide spectrum, and more importantly, major improvements for the betterment of athletic programs and athletes who are a part of them is really big time when it comes to improving the experiences within Division Three. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Socially Athletic. Make sure you stay tuned for future episodes filled with guests like sports information directors and student-athletes who will open up about their sports experience in the world of Division 3 I'm Connor Creedon. Thank you for listening. This has been Socially Athletic, the sports media podcast. Follow to stay up-to-date on episodes with new guests each week. Thank you for listening, and make sure to check out the blog link below for more insight.